Was it there when she deep throated a knife? The deep throat was like a ten out of ten. Honestly, when that started, I was like, "Well, okay, we could we could do a little something with that." Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. Do you have any idea how long we've been walking on this road? If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack. A total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspective we've gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris, I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The Cowardly Creeper, Ryan. We don't get paid enough for this. And the Scream Queen, Paris. I think she looks kind of slutty. Easter is right around the corner, and while Peter Cottontail isn't exactly our speed, we thought a bloodthirsty bunny would do the trick. Before we get started, though, we have some follow-up. Let's follow up on a movie. Okay, we recently reviewed an anthology brought to us by women, and it was called XX, not unlike the chromosome. As always, we wanted to hear what our listeners thought, and the results are in. 67% or two-thirds of our listeners gave this movie a hack, while the remaining third, 33%, gave it a slash. I'm a little sad to hear that it it was overwhelmingly hacked. I'm not. I'm not surprised, and I'm not saddened in any way. We have some comments from our listeners. One of our patrons, Darren, said, This was a complete hack for me. I like the idea behind it, but the execution of the majority of the segments is poor, in my opinion. The stories are at best average, and at worst, I found them boring. I won't ever watch this again. That's one for Team Mac. We have another comment from one of our patrons, Jake, who said, "'Twas a soft hack for me, but it's more based on my comparisons to other anthologies. Trick or Treat did it perfectly. Southbound is another amazing horror anthology that has been unfortunately overlooked by many. I did enjoy Annie Clark's segment, but I'm biased for Annie Clark. But if someone were to ask me for a horror anthology recommendation, this wouldn't be in my top five, though this movie isn't without its creepy moments, and I do give it kudos for those moments. See, that's Team Paris right there. What are these teams, Mac? I'm confused. We're we're battling. It's Team Edward, Team Jacob, Team Switzerland. Yes. But we both hacked it. I know, but... Two bad choices. <laughs> Finally, to round out Team Chris, we have a comment from Brittany who said... I enjoyed this anthology enough to slash it. It's not amazing to me, but I appreciate the girl power vibes and celebrating women in horror. I personally love Melanie Linsky, but didn't love the birthday party. My favorite was Don't Fall. It really grabbed me, even though it wasn't the most unique story. I like the monster a lot. Solid choice. It's nice to do different things. I love being exposed to new movies that I wouldn't always choose on my own. Oh, Brittany, I love that. And I'm so glad we could show you something new. I think there's a lot uh, of redeemable moments in this anthology. And look, I'm sorry that it wasn't uh, trick-or-treat levels or maybe even creep show, but I feel like that movie had a lot of positives. And that's our follow-up. Well, this week we don't have an anthology, and I assure you it has nothing to do with Easter, but it is instead loosely inspired by a Virginian urban legend surrounding an escaped mental patient and a landmark that's become known as Bunny Man Bridge. Now, instead of an escaped mental patient and a bridge, though, this movie focuses on a group of friends who are stalked, run off the road, and hunted by a mysterious driver when they eventually discover is wearing a bunny costume. This week, we're talking about the 2011 film Bunny Man. Who's seen this one before? I thought I saw it, but then I realized I was thinking of a Paul Walker movie completely unrelated to this. Sorry, what? Oh, you're thinking of Joyride. Oh, yeah. I was joking. I have obviously never seen this movie and had not heard of it until we got to this. Absolutely same. Never heard of this movie. Didn't know it existed. Saw it on the lineup and said, let's go. Yeah. I I mean, 
who has seen this movie and why? I think you have to really have an explanation if you've seen Bunny Man. And now we all do. Oh, we sure do. I hadn't seen this one before, but I am familiar with Urban Legend. It's based very liberally on. This movie has a lot of entries in its franchise, though. So getting into this, not really knowing a whole lot about it outside of that, I expected this to be really campy, really brutal, and really bad. But at least in the sense of being so bad, it's good because of how campy and tongue in cheek I expected it to be. What were you all expecting? So let's just say I've made it very clear I don't like holiday horror. So I wasn't excited. And then here are the series of events that have happened. We discovered that you can only see this if you watch it on YouTube or if you stream it illegally. Those two things were hints that this would not go well. And then we all individually watched it. And all of us could not resist saying something in the group chat about how it felt watching this movie. So as I was waiting, I was probably the last person to watch it. I've heard a little tiny thing from Mac being as restrained as possible, a little tiny thing from Paris, and then Alexis cackling basically in the group chat, thankful that she's not here. So I don't think I could have possibly had any lower expectations. I did not see the charm in things like Thanksgiving, and I knew that I wouldn't see the charm here, but I at least thought it'd be like some good kills or something. Oh, to be clear, I didn't see the charm in Thanksgiving either, and I did not think this would be like Thanksgiving. I want to make that very clear. I thought this would be like Thanksgiving, but like less cussing, like less, slightly less ridiculous, but it's called Bunny Man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not Easter Bunny, so I didn't think it'd be like Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? I thought this would be like, because I knew it was going to be on the Urban Legend, I was like, all right, this could be really fucking good in a weird way. I'd say it's not not Easter Bunny. It's just not an Easter story, but it is an Easter Bunny. I, I also had the bar like set pretty low for me in my mind. I wasn't sure if this was going to go towards like just really crappy student film or like a Serbian film. I had kind of no direction, um, but I was not expecting good things. I mean, basically everything Ryan just said was also true for me. Alexis was was talking with me when I was getting some recording equipment, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, you watch uh, you watch it, huh? Okay, all right, uh, sorry. I guess I'm not here for this one. Though I'll see you next time." I wasn't looking wasn't looking forward to it, I'll put it that way, because I knew that it wasn't going to be up my alley in, in any way. Mac, not only was I not looking forward to this, I've been dreading it since it's been on the lineup. I said, oh no, somebody found some vaguely Easter-related holiday horror. Didn't know it wasn't going to be Easter, so I was expecting that element. Um, but literally in my notes, because of all the things that we had found out, that it's on YouTube, that right there is never a good sign. Uh, I wrote in my notes before watching, I'm mad. I don't want to watch this hot garbage bullshit. Why is this happening to me? I'm expecting budget bad acting, shitty gore effects, horrible writing, and maybe the worst movie ever. So the bar couldn't have been lower. I can appreciate a low bar, and it sounds like I had probably the most lofty expectations for this movie. And I I think my feelings can be summed up in two words, bored and annoyed. I don't know that I felt enough passion to actively detest it to meet some like the low bar expectations here. But it was just a really humdrum time. I feel like Thanks Killing was pretty offensive, but it tried to go in a, such a specific direction that it you can't help but like be also mad at it. You know what I mean? But this one was just, what are we doing here? I felt myself questioning my my own existence. 
and how I'm spending my time while I was watching this, which is very rare for me in a horror movie. You know, the, the thought that popped into my head while watching this was somebody involved in the production of this film needs to spend serious money on therapy. I thought you were going to say time in jail. <laughs> Close enough. I was going to say keep doing school assignments. I mean, everybody needs to spend a small amount of money or a lot of money on therapy. I don't think that has any bearing on this. True. I don't see this as needing therapy for any like disturbed level. I see this as wholly lacking skill. Yes. So what I felt while watching this movie was that I could make movies. Mm. And any time a movie makes me feel like I could make movies, it's not a good sign because I ain't got that talent. But it felt like, wow, Chris and I could do something a lot better than this if we tried. Like I felt like hopeful about being a screenwriter and a movie maker. That's not good. Let's do it. Let's fucking make a movie. No, I'm not interested at all. <laughs> well, that's like my life dream is to make independent horror films. So I mean, we could do that together. Let's go. Listen, I am happy to help you, your project. But anytime it seems like I would be better than something like this, it means it's really bad because I, I can assure you acting and writing and stuff like that would not be my forte. I shared a lot of those feelings while watching this movie. I was very confused in the first maybe five to 10 minutes. I had to text the group chat and I was like, are we sure this is the right thing? Functionally, it is not sound. Uh, I was also reminded of movies that I'd made in high school with my cousins. And I was like, some of those had a higher production value than what I'm watching right now. And I was confused. I feel like there were a lot of mistakes that were made and a lot of things were done to cover those mistakes up and those cover-ups were very distracting. So in addition to those feelings, I also felt general anger. Just to clarify, I do think Paris's Phantom of the Opera singing lesson TikTok video has a higher production value than this movie. <laughs> I agree. I watch like 50 TikToks a day that have higher production value than this, <laughs> just based on the audio alone. This podcast has better production value <laughs> than the movie. I would argue that a lot of work has gone into this. It should. But the first time Chris did this podcast ever in the world, when we didn't invest in all the equipment, it still had better production value. Literally anything that's ever been done by an adult. Yeah. If you take a like smartphone video of a dog pooping, better production value already. Truly. If you have a microphone and just leave it on. Okay, I'm done. Can I say, though, that something really surprised me about this movie when watching it? And it was the fact that these really poorly acted characters consistently made the best decision to get themselves killed. Yeah, I was worried about where that sentence was going. They made a lot of those decisions, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know that I was necessarily surprised by that, but I think the biggest disappointment that I had overall was the total absence of the urban legend. Because I think even if it at least had that bit to stand on, I think it could have been moderately more entertaining. And I think it could have fetched a better cast. I think people probably looked at this script and said, absolutely not. But I think the other thing that did surprise me was that despite being a movie about a man in a bunny costume, this for sure felt like Jeepers Creepers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Wrong Turn all put together. Couldn't agree more, Chris. That surprised me very much with how blatantly they were willing to attempt to rip off those uh, some of some of the ideas in those movies you've mentioned. And I think I was very disappointed with how poorly they did that. Yeah, it, this movie is kind of like interesting in how bad it chose to do so many things. I think the biggest thing that I was disappointed about is that we never got any story about anything, not about what anyone was doing, honestly, really about who anybody was. And that's from both sides of the story. Like, I don't, 
I didn't even really realize we were in Virginia and maybe it's because I'm a dumb, but we were just on a road. That is all we got from this. And it's not that I wanted more, but I do think when we do things like, I don't know, like Jack Frost, you know, it's horrible, but at least we get like a story and maybe there's somebody we care about. This movie was like, nope, it's a bunny in the woods. That's it. I think that movie possessed a level of self-awareness in its badness that was endearing and invited us to be in on the joke. Whereas this movie, I think, was very sincere. And I'd say the scariest thing about this film was that it left me with a feeling of fear for the future of the podcast. Come on, Paris. Choices were made. It's okay. If this is on the lineup, I fear for future episodes in which things like this may happen again. I want you to know... I have felt that way many times. And y'all made me feel like I was crazy for these other movies that we watch sometimes where I'm like, it feels like I'm dying while I'm watching this. So you deserve this. Enjoy it, Paris. It's okay. We'll be all right. This too shall pass. This movie absolutely frightens small children, maybe like three, four-year-olds. That like age range right there, like they would probably be scared of this. Here's the problem though. Every picture you see of a bunny costume on the internet is scarier than this movie. There is one brief moment of tension and it wasn't because the movie made me feel tense, but rather I was like, you know what this reminds me of? Joyride. Man, what if what if I was in Joyride? And then what if like the trucker, you know, what what if he was wearing a bunny costume? Wouldn't that be fucking weird? You know what I mean? But it wasn't like this movie itself scared the shit out of me. It did also remind me of a scary scene from Jeepers Creepers, which made me want to go back and rewatch that movie. Yeah, I'd love to watch that again after watching this. I I mean, it's obviously not scary. And also, I know that you guys are like referencing other movies. I mean, I know why you are, but uh, I don't. I don't even want to put this in the category. I honestly don't even want to consider this movie horror. I think it is just something that existed at some point in time, (laughs) and we've been unfortunate enough to watch it. But it's definitely not original, even in whatever it's trying to do. We can't give it any credit for that at all. I think you could call this original if you've like if you've never seen another movie in your life. It, does it get any originality for having a bunny? No, I actually think so. It's a zero for me to begin with, and then the bunny choice actually gives it a negative one. A bunny with work with work gloves. <laughs> right. He had they had like some good mechanics gloves, so his hands like if he's working on the car or something, they're gonna they're gonna stay undestroyed but no still still negative one i think this movie definitely qualifies as horror i have no problem categorizing it as such but originality this movie does not it was lied to several times and told that it was original and it is nothing of the sort i think it's just that i don't want it to be considered a movie like this is a school project that's my problem it's a horror school project but it's not a movie i think what this movie has is ambition and audacity. I think those things can be said about it. Had this movie gone the way of the urban legend, and it'd just be another movie about a guy in a costume killing people, it would still be more original than than this. Because again, this is a weird mixture of so many other movies, but it doesn't find enough of its own identity to actually stand on its own two legs, except for the reputation it gets from being technically unstable the entire way through. And that takes it all the way into the ending. The ending was a big what the fuck moment for me. And I don't know that it was one of like surprise, but it's more like what the fuck? This ending didn't even come close to justifying the means of reaching it. It's sometimes it's like you get that relief of 
the movie's over. But in this one, it was just hmm, the entire way. I mean, this film lands like a Cessna with no landing gear, landing in a puddle of water large enough only to wet a single toe. You know, Mac, I don't know if I can back that like description, but I'm on board with the sentiment. Chris, you're exactly right. It just doesn't have the satisfaction of at least this horrible movie is over. It just ends. And it's there. And you're like, well, that's time I'll never have back. At first, the ending left me with what I thought were a lot of questions, until I considered that questions imply that I would like to know the answers, but that is not the case. The ending of this movie was a floppy wet noodle, and that is what I say. Well, look, I don't think it's any secret which way this is going to go. I think at this point, scoring this movie might be just a formality, but let's go ahead and make our way to our ratings. How many people died in this film? So as it turns out, 21 people were killed in this movie, and sadly, I was not one of them. And what about the animal report? There's some vague animal brutality, but nothing to be worried about. Let's go ahead and get into our ratings then. Bunny Man from 2011. Was it a hack or a slash? And I think I'm going to go ahead and just get mine out of the way. This movie isn't a waste of time, but only in the sense that this was like a collective experience so we could trash talk this among friends in our community. I think there's room for this to be put on if you want to drunkenly laugh and commiserate with friends. But even then, there are better movies to do that with. There are movies that are more fun for that. And if I had tried watching this alone, like outside of the podcast, I for sure wouldn't have finished it. It's a hack. But when I say it wasn't a waste of time, it's because it was productive. This movie is in the running for my pick for at least three hack categories in our end of year recap. So, you know, I did something with my time. Chris, you are so sweet and lovely and positive and seeing the silver lining in this situation because this movie is a total joke and a waste of time. And the most frustrating part about this movie is how technically poor it is. And I swear to God, if one person says the word camp while we talk about this movie and you try to tell me anything about it being campy, we're going to have a lot of problems because that's not what this is. This is a bad movie, bad acting, particularly really bad audio. And while I appreciate Chris saying that it's been productive, we do have to have things to fill our hack list at the end of the year. I could have done without it. I could have found hacks in other places. I do really good at that. So for me, it's a very strong hack. If you want to be miserable with us, you can watch it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Chris, I'm not sure that I can agree that this was productive. This was absolutely a waste of all of our time. I'm glad you didn't feel that way. That makes me, I guess, a little bit less disappointed, upset, frustrated with what happened here today. Uh, I waited till the last possible moment to watch this movie. I watched it earlier this morning. Um, there's a lot of audio issues in this movie, like Ryan was mentioning. There's, I think most of the dialogue was dubbed in post and not well. It was not done well. It was done very poorly. Um, this was a joyless experience. Uh, this movie was made with no love, care, or discernible skill or talent. Um, easily the worst movie we've ever rated or watched for the podcast. And I Every time I say that, I'm like, it can't get worse than this. And then here we are. Worst movie of all time from the pod. Uh, I, I do not think it is possible that there's another movie that we could review this year that will be worse than this. I think this is a shoe in for worst movie of the year when we come down to our end of year superlatives. This movie had no vision. And overall, it was just the longest hour and a half of my life. And I will never get that time back. So listener, do not watch this. You can find it free on YouTube. Do not do so. I want to go back and actually correct something that I said earlier. And Paris, you reminded me of this in your speech. 
The biggest surprise I have is that there are some folks in this movie who went on to have long and prosperous careers. No. We've all done terrible things. Oh my God. Also, Ryan, you don't have to worry. Nothing about this movie successfully pulled off camp. So fear not. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, you know what? We've mentioned Thanksgiving a few times and Thanksgiving used to be what I thought of when I thought of the word hack. But wow, this movie is so much worse. An hour and a half for like three years of having my teeth pulled with a rusty spoon. Bunny Man is both totally a joke and absolutely a waste of time. Crap acting, crap storyline, crap characters, crap gore, dubbing that sounds worse than a 1970s porno. The protagonists are incredibly stupid, yet somehow perfectly matched with an antagonist that is shockingly more stupid than a foul-mouthed turkey hand puppet. Bunny Man is, at its core, one large act of violence against women. The only thing worse in this movie is the fact that someone made it and thought, you know what, other humans should see what I've done. It's a hack. Well, the hack from Mac is a nail in the coffin, and Bunny Man from 2011 is a universal hack. Now, this is not a movie that we recommend you watch. What you should do instead is just, you know, listen to our fake sponsor in the middle of the episode, and then join us in the second half so we can just tell you about all the things you didn't really miss, and just have fun with us anyway. We'll see you in a bit. Your car breaks down, and you're stranded on the side of the road. You have no idea what to do. You don't even know where to turn. You feel helpless and hopeless. You don't even know how to fix a car. You're going to be late for work, or worse. You're not even going to make it at all. Triple Slay is here to help. We'll come and ruin your day in the worst possible way. We'll take your money, we'll take your dignity, and we'll leave you stranded in the middle of nowhere with a broken car and a bill for services we never rented. Having a bad day? Call Triple Slay. If you ain't got the money, we got to call the bunny. Welcome back, folks. You're now entering the spoiler zone for Bunny Man from 2011, which has unsurprisingly earned a universal hack. We have a lot to get to, but before we get into the specifics of why this movie was so shitty, we do have a little bit of gore to attend to. Paris, what's the gore score for this movie? Is shitty an option for the gore score? It is not, but it can be in your heart. Okay, then we're going to give it a medium. Maybe a shmedium could work. Uh, The gore, it was there. It was, in some moments, plentiful. But the quality was not, much like the rest of this movie. I mean, sometimes it was there. It was there a couple of times, but there were several times where (laughs) it was just, I don't know, red ketchup corn syrup. Was it there when she deep-throated a knife? <laughs> yeah, the de- the knife, the deep-throat was like a 10 out of 10. Honestly, when that started, I was like, well, okay, we could, we could do a little something with that. But then it didn't carry through when we just got a lot of uh, blood spatter, not really gore. Yeah, not unlike Hatchet. We have a notable chainsaw kill in which we can't afford to show the chainsaw touching the person. But what we can show you is that person from the neck up having buckets of blood just thrown at their face. Hey, I will say, though, this bunny has more kills with a chainsaw than Leatherface does in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You hate to see it. That's this movie's claim to fame. (laughs) We got more chainsaw kills. Now, there were, let's say, 21 kills in this movie. A lot of them were unknown strangers that were kind of showcased in a not so exciting way. But of the kills that we did see on screen in the fun way, what was everyone's fave? I'm going to go the random woman who we see at the beginning uh, jumping around, hopping in trucks, and then not trying to escape those trucks, falling asleep, taking a nap (laughs) in the truck, and then being chained to a tree, chained to a truck, and then ripped in half, and still 
not really dead because we could see her breathing, but that's fine. <laughs> that one was probably the best one. Yeah. Also, she was still sitting in the back of the truck when they did the like, we're going to wait it out thing and showed five seconds of the two cars sitting in- next to each other. And she's just still sitting in the back of the truck. And I was like, wow, what a what an effort to live you're making here. Rush, you could have lived so many fucking times. She could have lived so hard. It would have been great. You have to want to live. Truly. Which I don't think she did. She did not. She didn't want to be in the movie, which was honestly not a bad idea. (laughs) So my favorite kill is definitely going to be the the deep throat dagger, if you will. Because it was... Honestly, it started us off where I was like, man, we might get something good. And we didn't. But that one, it felt like the most realistic gore. I know that it was like definitely obviously practical effects and then the rest of the movie i spent kind of looking at each kill thinking how are they going to make it seem like that happened as well as the car accidents where they clearly were using somebody's honda civic and didn't want to break it so i kept thinking how are they going to make it look like it was damaged and uh the the one kill that i think worked for me is the deep throat dagger Okay, so jokes on Alexis. I know she thought she got away with missing this one, but she also missed a movie in which she could have said Deep Throat. No one would have blamed her. So, <laughs> Who's the real winner now? Honestly, Deep Throat Dagger sounds like someone's nickname. But uh, my favorite kill was the Bunny Man's kill. And it was a pretty weak sauce kill, but it was just such a relief. It's as if the forgettable final girl knew that what we were all thinking and was like, you don't have to look at this for another minute because I'm going to do this. Um, I also just love anytime we get a stab kill that goes in like near the clavicle because that looks mm. like it would hurt so much. That's true. There's definitely some bone scrapage going on, which definitely makes it worse. I mean, of all the kills, none of them were stellar. I loved the bitch that got ripped in half by that chain when tied to that truck. Um, but let's talk about Jack's kill. That was kind of really stupid. <laughs> where he was under the car and then that car was hit by another car causing the car he was under to kill him. I just want you to know you don't fit under that car when it's just on the ground, okay? That car does not have clearance for a human, just like casually. And we never saw anything, just like a little bit of splurred of blood on the tire. Like, give us more. Yeah. Jack was certainly compact. What else sucked about that moment is the over-explanation, because we have one person who realizes Jack isn't in the car. She gets out. But then uh, Jen and Tiffany are in the backseat, and Jen is saying, no, Jack wasn't in the car. Jack is under the car. Jack was under the car when the car got hit. Jack is under the car. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? I mean, this already came after the first time the truck shows up on the road, and the guy goes, what, are you kidding me? And then just like acts like that the whole time. So I was like, oh, God, the dialogue here is going to be real rough. And ooh, it was. Oh, God. Or the 30 fucking minutes before anyone says a goddamn thing. Mm. And the first thing is dubbed. And the and the 15 minutes straight of a truck horn blaring. That was awesome. Can I say that like the gore was of a sort that had they made a deliberate choice to make this camp, it would have worked perfectly with that. But because they didn't, it failed miserably. Oh, 100%. There was potential there. Even with the buckets of blood being being thrown up at someone, that's the same kind of shit we got in Hatchet, which is 2% camp, when we have that opening sequence and we just see blood being thrown at a tree. It could have worked. They didn't have the skill to actually make that happen. 
Yeah, it also didn't have that like tinge of funny that I think is intended to go along with camp. It, and I, again, I think it has a lot to do with like how it technically failed, where you were just so taken out of it by all the things going on that you didn't even get a chance to enjoy a bucket of blood being thrown on somebody. That would have been fun. We could have done that together. Yeah, we could have been in on the joke, but instead we were just being laughed at. Yeah, for being miserable through this process. Yes. Oh, you're kind enough to give us your time and attention. Let's punish that. Yeah. It's the tagline of this movie. (laughs) Joke's on you. I will say, though, that like gore aside, the bunny costume, I think, was my favorite visual of this film. Only because it's such a regular ass bunny costume that I think it could it it could have had the potential were it used in a different movie to be kind of creepy because of how friendly it looks. It wasn't even like particularly bloody, you know? The first time we like really get a good look at it around the tree when they get towards the cabin, it's just kind of like funny. Like he could have been a really creepy dude in a sense of not trying to be creepy, you know? A really creepy killer that looks nice. I don't think that was my favorite visual. My favorite visual is the hot mess that's the first whatever that is, the square like snuff film that happens at the beginning. Whatever that was, it felt like it had nothing to do with anything, but I enjoyed it more than most of the rest of the movie because it at least felt like we were going to go somewhere and do something. There was going to be some tension aside from car horns. So I guess that's what I have to go with because this movie sucks visually. Apparently it's Bunny Man's home movies, though. Uh, Not like we would know that from anything in the story. Yeah, not that we should really know it because it was a little bit incoherent. But towards the end, we're presented with the situation in which we're supposed to figure that out. But it's a fucking stretch. I won't lie. I don't have a kind word to say about this movie. So favorite visual element feels like a challenge. Paris, I'm there with you. I... I thought about it for a while. I was filling these notes out. And I actually wrote a lot for most of the other sections here. But there's nothing I liked about this movie visually. It was like one long wince and eye roll from start to finish. And I think at one point there was like a chase scene where we get shaky cam for a minute. And I literally, I was like, nope, can't do it. I'm not going to be able to get through this film. And thankfully that wasn't the rest of the film. They almost had me. If they were going to do that the whole time, it was going to, it was going to be game over. I think that might have been part of like that intro snuff film thing. But no, I just like didn't like anything of it. I didn't like the coloring of it. I didn't like the cinematography. I didn't like the set. I think they would have been much better keeping it small scale, especially with a limited budget. Had they actually found like a bridge slash tunnel they could have used for this, it would have worked so much better to keep it small scale and maybe limit the number of characters in the film. But they didn't do any of that. So yeah, I didn't like looking at it at all. I agree, Mac. I will say that while Rachel's outfit was absolutely hideous, it did look like the outfit that I wear on Kate Denson when I play Dead by Daylight. And that reminded me of something that I do enjoy. So maybe that's my favorite visual element. Mine was definitely the tunic. Like, you know, when we used to wear shirts? Oh, yeah. Like they were like kind of dresses. And then you sometimes wear it like a shirt with like leggings underneath. Like the green tunic in this was just like, ugh, kill me now, please. She deserved to die for wearing that with jeans, with capris. She didn't deserve to die for climbing a tree to escape death, only to <laughs> just fall down. Like, really not even fall from a tree. It's like a branch, I think, was falling or like the camera was spinning and you heard the sound effect of a tree cracking. You know that I have a lot to say about this. The time that it takes for that little baloney chainsaw that he had to cut down that tree that she was on is ridiculous. And for you to try to make me think that that woman climbed that tree to escape and then sat in that tree the whole time while it was being cut down, because that was what like it was supposed to look like, I think, until it fell and she was taken back. Are you joking me? 
And that was a moment where I was concerned that someone would say this movie was campy in a good way. That was the one moment where I was like, don't you dare. Don't you dare come at me with that campiness. No, not at all. But I do think it is far more likely that the bunny man would have gotten his chainsaw stuck in that tree than actually be able to cut through it. Absolutely. I've gotten chainsaws stuck in trees of, of much less thickness. So I just don't, I just don't buy it for a second. Chainsaw trees is not an easy thing to do, especially if you don't have a well-maintained chainsaw. And ain't, I don't believe that Bunny Man was out here greasing and tightening. It was a perfect setup for camp, though. And if, if they had made that choice to make it campy, it would have worked so well because she could have reacted like, oh, it's taking him a super long time. And he could have been like tired and stuff. And she's just like waiting for him to eventually chop it down. But it was 100%. They didn't have a budget to like get a logging permit and cut down a tree. So they just like, just wave it around as if you're going to like actually do something to that tree. And eventually we'll just have her fall because that's how that works. We'll just invoke gravity on her. But the, my, that's actually goes into my favorite scene. Cause my favorite scene was also a setup for camp that they just didn't use. Cause they didn't have their wits about them. But when forgettable character number three thought he could fix that broken down 2002 Toyota Crepola with the gym socks and used condoms that were haphazardly left in the trunk, what was that? Like, what was he going to do? And was he just going to stuff stuff into tubes? I mean, this would this would have been comedy gold if the filmmakers didn't think watered down mayonnaise was spicy. So many analogies tonight. I am going to be honest with you guys. There's nothing here for me. I don't have a favorite scene. I I am going to come up with a best part for later to be nice, but I just need to like take a moment to really go into my qualms about the audio in this movie. Since I don't have a favorite scene, I'm going to talk trash. The fact that we get so much dubbing for no reason, it feels like every single scene that's inside the car is just like no audio. Like they just completely cut the audio and just put some dubbing over it. Then they dub it in completely different inflection. Like one time a guy at the beginning was just like, what was I supposed to do? And in the movie, he's like, what was I supposed to do? And it just, it doesn't even make sense. It's horrible. And we talked about the car horn a little bit. Let me tell you what really got me, Mac. And I didn't text you about this because I was like, I'll save it. When they're outside walking through the woods, there's just one bug noise on repeat. Okay. (laughs) Over and over again, you get the same chirp over and over. It's a complete pattern. There's no like, maybe we'll pause for a second and then do it. Nope. Whole time, same bug. So we go from like ridiculous horn noises and that and dubbing. And then sometimes they just completely cut the audio just out of nowhere. Just fold no audio while you're looking at something. So yeah, that's that's my qualm here. No favorite scene. I don't know what you want from me. This movie is horrible. Same, Ryan. Okay. I'm going to go for a favorite scene. Not because it was actually good, but because it happens to contain the briefest exchange that I found almost slightly funny. And I could see how the main actress, Rachel, went on to have some kind of career after this because the straight face she had to maintain while having the nerve to deliver this fucking exchange is just outrageous. And it's when they actually go to this guy's cabin in the fucking woods asking to use a phone and on the way there they find all manner of Blair Witch style bags of spirit Halloween or Michael's skeleton bone props (laughs) just hanging in bags and there's this moment where she says I don't know if you know this but it looks like there's bags of bones down the way a little and he's just like so and she says well it's not exactly proper burial procedure and he says you know whose bones they are no 
then don't worry about it. <laughs> it was the only time I actually laughed in this entire fucking movie. So that that gets it for me, even though the rest of that scene is fucking disgusting. I just have such a hard time understanding how the person that made this movie thought, hmm, we'll get some bones from whatever craft store. We'll put them in the truck, okay? And then later, we'll hang them from trees, and it'll be your sign that where they're going is the same place that the bunny man goes because he's got the got him in the truck, you know, like, why was that a good idea? Why did that seem like a great little nugget of and I think people do it in other movies, people are like, Oh, here's a little thing. Here's another little thing they tie together bags of bones hanging from trees. It just why? But that wasn't as bad as the meat cleaver. That was so fake that they had to like, when he when he chopped it into the tabletop, it doesn't stick because it's fake. So he just kind of like held it for a second and then like moved it to the side. <laughs> I mean, everything, every effect thing where it was like, again, how are we going to make it look like this car got got damaged? How are we going to make it seem like somebody got hurt here? Like, oh, it's just so bad. So I don't really have a favorite scene either, Ryan. Uh, the audio definitely blew my mind with what the hell was going on. There's specifically a scene where I guess, and it was hard to follow this story because it was poorly told, but there's a scene where I guess they had slept in the woods overnight and then they wake up, no audio, and maybe this girlfriend plays a prank on her boyfriend, not too sure, but she keeps saying shh, shh, and everyone's laughing and he fell and really no clue what that was, but it was just so bizarre that I really remembered that. I was like, what is happening? Did they, I think the reason that they didn't have any audio is because they didn't know how to record quality audio outside. They probably yes. recorded it. And then they were like, this is unusable. We have to go back and fix this horrible mistake. Yes. The scene that you were talking about, Chris, I actually had like 1% enjoyed that. That man in the woods who refused to let them use their phone was like harassing uh the, the people there. And as they were leaving, I'm pretty sure he also offered to sexually harass one of the males. And I was like, okay, bisexual bigot work. Okay. Representation matters. I would like to note, though, he was playing gross country guy who doesn't see humans a lot. And I think that's like the easiest role to play. And even his acting, I was like, can you not think of a gross thing to say? Why are you thinking so hard? It, like, it wasn't giving gross man at all. It was giving, I'm someone's dad and I'm really sad I have to say this. <laughs> it was a huge timing issue because, you know, when they film, um, you know, one party and then they separately film the other's response and they just cut it to look like they're talking to each other. Yeah. So it 100% felt like they did that and just added too much like buffer time in between. So we just get too much time of like his face not doing anything. Yeah, I was just awkwardly there and he was like, uh, do you know who they are? You know right. whose bones they are? No, bye. And also just like a lot of unexpected, unwarranted, just like, fuck off. And just like people getting hyper aggressive with one another, seemingly unprovoked. It would be me in an improv class. If you asked me to be <laughs> a gross country man, I'd just be like, <laughs> like, that's all it was. Uh, see, here's the thing, though. I think the trouble with finding the best possible scene comes down to how fucking atrocious every single one of these characters was. Not even the survivors are ones that I enjoyed. I think Rachel's boyfriend is the biggest fucking douchebag and the worst piece of shit. He is in the running for worst survivor, hands down. The worst part of this movie actually comes down to that. And I know I have to give it a compliment here in a minute, but this shit is boring because we're not living in the campiness of the bunny man himself. It's because these kids are not where it's at. And we spend so much time on them and they're literally just walking. They're just walking. 
One of them can't fucking drive. Uh, he's gotten them into all manner of issues. And it's just disappointing. God, the people in this movie were stupid. I just, I, I'm sorry. I don't know if that was the right place in the, in the show to like say this, but they were really stupid and made such poor decisions. And it hurt me every step of the way. And I didn't even bother to learn their names because they were all so stupid and replaceable. Same. Like if someone is acting that way on the road in the beginning and you can get ahead of them, and you're in the middle of nowhere, just floor it, man. Just go as fast as possible and get where you're going. That truck, it, it gets like three miles to the gallon. Just keep going. That truck will barely get out of second gear. But I only have a 97 Corolla. Yeah. That truck was a, a an 85 diesel. It, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I also love that their solution was, okay, maybe we just waited out with this man parked behind us forever, I guess. That's the plan. Their first solution was to send one of the girls out there, which was fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's like, clearly we need to apologize. We've done something to upset him. And I'm like, stop. My favorite part is when he was deciding to wait it out, they really, really tried to up this thing of like, well, let's all make good decisions. So he goes, does anyone else have a better option? I'm taking suggestions. Like, I don't think this is a good time for suggestions and no <laughs> one had any good ones. So let it go. I mean, so... <laughs> It goes all the way to the end. So in the beginning, they're thinking like, okay, um, we're just going to wait instead of just flooring it and getting past and going where they're going to go. But at the end, he even makes a statement um, that like – who was it? John, I think, made the statement that like we we can't escape from them in a car, but we can like escape from them on foot or something really stupid. And I was like, no, no you can't. Here's what this motherfucker said. He said – we're safer outside the car than in the car. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so his, uh, his solution is to carry his girlfriend pretending to be dead and offer her to the bunny man and say, you've taken everything from me. What? What? He asks her, do you trust me? And I say, ma'am, you shouldn't. He got you into this whole fucking mess. Yeah, and also they clearly drove for 30 seconds when they left before they were about to switch. Like, could you dr just drive a couple hours and switch? Like, right. what is that? And why? Oh. He's so garbage. He can't be bothered to let his woman drive. Mm. The fucking patriarchy. Also, if, it's, if this was a campy film, the bunny man would have walked out, like cocked his head sideways and just stabbed her and then kept going and moved on. True. Like that would have been the right choice. And that was an issue the entire time that he was coming up with this plan. I see him like, you know, going through it, putting it on the ground and everything as if she's dead. And it's like, she has no protection against the bunny man. So if he walks out, he could literally just go, I'll make sure she's dead first stab. Okay. Let's move on. What's the rest of, uh, what's the rest of your offer here? Yeah. The bunny man does like tilt his head to the side. Like how the fuck is, did this happen? She was clearly alive when she ran out of the house. They were all garbage. Everybody in this movie was garbage. The performances were garbage. The writing, the dialogue, the choices, the outfits, the casting. Uh, anything I missed? Yes. The thing that's the most garbage is the pops rape scene. Oh. Yep. And you know what? Not even a surprise because, of course, there was a scene like that in here. But I was just so done at that point that I was like, get out of my fucking face. Oh, I literally fast forwarded i was like no i'm good this is ridiculous i'm over it it was horrible instead of giving a best part i was going to give a worst part and it was going to be that but there it is there it is there it is other worst parts notably how disgusting the country man was that wouldn't let them use the phone the odd inclusion of other people in the story specifically like the person in the bunny man's house 
and like the people in the car that led them to the house, those two people, I don't know what their point was. I mean, I understand they had roles, but they didn't. For what? For why? Who cares? Because Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I mean, the way I understood it is like they were family. Right, yeah. I mean, that was fine. Right. But they shouldn't have done that, first of all. It's way more creepy if he's alone. Yeah, way more creepy. There was just like many people in the house and it was like, okay, I guess. I do have to say, though, the best part of this movie is when it's over. But unfortunately, they even try to give you some weird stuff during the end credits that it suck. Like, even the ending of this sucks, but... When it finishes, you're finally like, thank you, I'm free now. This has been torture. They just couldn't let well enough alone, could they? They just had to keep going, even through the end. All jokes aside, I do want to go back to what my favorite visual was, which is the Bunny Man's costume, which is the best part of this film. If somehow people wanted to like reapproach a franchise of the Bunny Man, because I don't even believe in the core concept anymore. I don't even want to really watch the rest of these movies. But if someone with talent, and budget could make a campy, like malignant style version of Bunny Man. I'd be into that because of how good I think the potential is for that costume. But that's the only compliment I can give this. I'm down for that, but I also wish they would do it like the the, the like the Joker movie, honestly, to where we uh, we got a lot of uh, like emotional backstory for the Bunny Man. Oh fuck that! No, I want. I don't want it to even <laughs> remotely confuse this as being a serious thing. I do have one little best part. The best part of this movie is again at the end, and it's the fact that the woman drives away in the end. She's the savior. She saves the day. She gets us home free. It's all her. She wins. If she had been driving this first car, they probably wouldn't have been in this situation at all. Hey oh, so hear me out. The one of the taglines on the cover of this movie is "Pretty girls die young." So I think the best part of this movie is that she didn't die and that the movie actually dragged her for it. That's terrible. You know, please let me know if it's ever possible to unwatch a movie. Mm. Actually, wait, is the best part of this movie this episode of Hacker Slash that we've made about it? Yes. This is probably the most entertaining piece of media created in relation to this garbage piece of media. I would argue you're right. And that's improv. Well, I can confidently say I'll never watch this again, ever. Absolutely not. I think rather than other forms of torture, you could make people watch this movie. You don't need, I don't know, what do people do? Waterboarding and, you know, withholding food and drink. You just make people watch this and they will tell you whatever they got to keep to themselves. Yeah, I don't ever want to see this again. Um, And if somebody suggests it, that is just disrespectful. All right, well, obviously this movie was trash. And I feel like it's a very rare time where there's just so much hate and vitriol for a, for a movie on this podcast. I know that it comes in ones, it comes in twos, sometimes it even comes in threes. But for this to be a universal hack of this magnitude, I couldn't even think of a single compliment besides a damn costume. Uh, let's see if there's anything redeemable about it in Max Factor Fiction. So quick response, there is not. Uh, today's Factor Fiction is going to take a different turn. And I've only got three points here, so it's going to be quick and painless, unlike this movie. Number one, the American Easter Bunny tradition came from a German tradition of the Easter hare dropping off colored eggs into good kids' nests made of hats. I'll go fact. Yeah, that sounds really German. Fact. Yeah, it's a fact. 
Thanks to German Lutheran setting, settling in Pennsylvania, we now get literal pounds of sugary poison delivered in baskets once a year. And number two, in Sweden, however, children dress up as witches for Easter and walk their neighborhoods wishing people a happy Easter. Also fact? Yeah, I really want that to be true. Fact. Yes, this is fact. In the Swedish lore, witches would fly to some like special mountain the Thursday before Easter, so, you know, no need to induce insulin resistance. You go, Sweden. And number three, in Australia, they needed a bunny equivalent, so the Easter quokka. They happy-looking animal that we see in the internet memes. Uh, I don't even understand the question, but I'll go fact. I'm going to say fiction. I don't know what that animal is. Me neither. What about the jackalope? Is it a kangaroo? It's a quokka. Is it real? It's a real animal. Have you not seen the, the smiling like animal from Australia? No. Oh, you haven't been on the internet long enough, apparently. But maybe we have. This is a fiction. Um, so they did need an equivalent, but it wasn't the quokka. It was the Easter bilby, a long-eared marsupial. And this has been your Easter Bunny Fact or Fiction. Well, there you have it, folks. Bunny Man from 2011 has earned a universal hack unapologetically. Now, we've had lots to talk about here, but it doesn't end here by any means. You want to know what you think? Did you also hate this fucking movie? Have you even seen it? Did you listen to the second half of this episode to spare yourself from the experience of having seen it? Did you search it up on YouTube and regret that decision? Let us know. You can join in on the conversation by hanging out with us for free in our Discord. You can click the link in our show notes to sign up. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, consider becoming one of our patrons. Visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to enjoy more of the show with early access, extended episodes, bonus content, and live shows. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, we're going to need a lot of therapy. Bye. Bye.